Thank you, Steve. There are a lot of Steves around here, too. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. If you're not involved in a community group, we'd love to have you come and join with us and have fun in doing that. Let's take a few minutes to uh, pray, and I want to pray for the church in Afghanistan and the believers there, the families of the uh, soldiers that uh, lost their lives and others, uh, perhaps a lot of them untold who are losing their lives because of their faith. So let's pray together. Father, we, we come together as a church worshiping you and thank you for the opportunity to be a community, a body of disciples of believers in Jesus and we gather together as a church to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Afghanistan. The church was growing there. The International Mission Board had missionaries there and Father as they grew, they grew in their faith and in their strength and witnessing to Jesus Christ. And we lift them up and pray for them because we know uh, Lord, that in their country, in their situation, to name the name of Christ is most likely a death warrant, and they have to stand strong. And we, give, we ask, Lord, that you'll give them that courage, that strength, the power of the Holy Spirit to stand for their faith in Jesus. We thank you, Father, for our missionaries who were there and helping, and for the Americans who have been there, and we pray not only that they'll be able to come out safely, but even those Afghanis who are in uh, just facing certain death might become, come out as well. I pray that you'll give our government the wisdom to look to you and to seek to follow the leadership, your leadership, Father, and the Holy Spirit, and to do what is right in, in your eyes, Father. And we pray for the families of those soldiers who lost their lives in that terrible tragedy, that terrorist attack. We do know one who is a believer, and uh, we know that he's with you today. And we thank you, Father, that uh, you are a great God and a holy God that you will repay and you will, vengeance belongs to you. And Father, that uh, the testimony of that young man will be, will, will, will reverberate through his family as he's with you and through his community. But we pray for the families of the soldiers in their grief and their sorrow and their sadness. We ask, Lord, that you'll just wrap them in your arms and give them strength. Father, help us to reach out to those families as well, to encourage them and to be a church who cares enough, Father, to serve and to minister in these cases and the cases around us, we do pray for our church family and the members who have loved ones who are sick and, and ill. And we ask, Lord, that we'll be faithful servants in helping each other. We pray all these things in Jesus' powerful and holy name. Amen. Amen. I guess we, we're talking a little bit about death, and I don't need to be or mean to be irreverent about it, but when we uh, come to the scripture, uh, we're going to find that Jesus is talking about his death and we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. So if you did not get one of those cups, uh, wave at some of the guys and we'll make sure that we pass those out for the Lord's Supper in just a few minutes. You should get two cups and have them ready. If you don't, we'll 
make sure people uh, get those uh, right before we do the Lord's Supper. But I'd like for you to turn to Luke chapter 22, and we're going to read a, a fairly familiar story, a familiar account of uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper. Our church, as a Baptist church, does uh, the Lord's Supper four times a year. So we don't want to take it for granted and act like it's simply a ritual, but we want to focus on it and understand its meaning. And we'll suggest why here in just a few minutes. But I'd like to back up a little bit to verse 14. I know I have on the slide uh, 22, 19 through 20, but we're going to back up to verse 14. Uh, Jesus is in, has, and his disciples have prepared for the Passover and had uh, gotten an upper room and they were uh, celebrating the Passover. It would be the last Passover that Jesus celebrated and he would institute here the Lord's Supper. And this is what happens in verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. Then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. And may God bless the reading of his word. And as we study this scripture, we will participate in a few minutes in the Lord's Supper. So I have to tell a story on me, uh, thinking a lot about this Lord's Supper and getting ready to do it. Uh, I got up here without one of those little cups, those two little cups. So if one of our gentlemen would be kind enough to go get me one, I would appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right. Make sure um, you grab Steve May when he comes in the door. Oh, you got an extra one. Oh, okay. Now, well, I might have to ask Jacob, why do you have an extra one? He, I got one. Okay. Hey, does anyone need one? Okay. That's good. All right. I want to talk about one of the words that Jesus, is use, Jesus uses in this text. Somebody? Over there? Okay. I want to talk about one of the words that Jesus uses in this text, and it's a rather famous word because it, it includes a command. And for a Baptist, we believe that our church is founded on two commands that Jesus gave. One, to make disciples. That's in the Great Commission. And two... To observe the Lord's Supper, and this is where Jesus said, This do in remembrance of me. In verse 19, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave to them, and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this 
in remembrance of me. That's so important in the, in the, in the Baptist church that we even put it on the table right down there. Do you see that? This do in remembrance of me. We call that our Lord's Supper table. And it's a command to do this because Jesus commanded us to do it, but to do it in remembrance of him. You know, people like to be remembered by a lot of different things. And we might ask the question, how do we remember Jesus? But people have strange ideas of, of how they want to be remembered uh, when they pass away, when they're no longer around. And the question would come to us as well, what do we want to be remembered by? So all you have to do is take a couple of steps out um, that way to the that way, the cemetery, and look at some of the tombstones. And people have actually taken the time to go through and, and write down or take pictures of tombstones. You can actually find it on the internet, 30 cemetery foot tombstone inscriptions or 100 funniest tombstone inscriptions. One of them said, I told you I was sick. Another tombstone had one way, do not enter. I thought a third one I, I looked at was funny. It said, I was hoping for a pyramid. Some of them are, are quite um, funny. Here lies an atheist, all dressed up and no place to go. Sorry about that, right? Uh, here lies John Yeast. Pardon me for not rising. Uh, I like the one that said, raised four beautiful daughters with only one bathroom. That's something to be remembered by, I tell you. I had two, but four, one bathroom, okay. Um, I saw this one that had a picture of, of, of a dear lady with a phone up to her ear. And the inscription said, Jesus called and Kim answered. That's kind of interesting. A number of them have recipes on them. So they want to be remembered for their baking, their cooking, or their famous family recipes. There was one that was a tombstone. It wasn't really a tombstone. It was a bench. And on it, it had inscribed, have a seat on Jackson over his grave. Uh, this one was interesting. Here lies George Jackson, hanged by mistake, 1882. He was right, we was wrong, but we strung him up and now he's gone. That's terrible, I tell you, right? Um, let's see, uh, here's another one. Now you have to be kind of old to remember this. It said, <laughs> it just said, pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> That's it. Well, people want to be remembered. And, and we do. We, we get to the end of our lives and we start thinking about how will people remember us? Will we have people remember us? Will they be sad that we're gone? Will they be happy that we're gone? Well, in the Christian faith, in our walk as believers with being disciples of Jesus Christ, it's part of our understanding that we develop what's called a Christian worldview. <clears throat> that means we get to know Jesus and we love him 
and we start to follow him in his commands and we take those on as our mode of operation, as our marching orders. We become believers in Jesus and we begin to follow him because he's our savior and he's Lord. And, and we begin to think about what he did and think about remembering. Now, remembering Jesus could be done every Sunday. It could be done once in a while. Or it could be done every day, even parts of the day. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we are supposed to remember him. He said here in verse 19, do this in the remembrance of me. It's not remember me as a plea or as a hope for attitude. It is do this, a command, in the remembrance of me. So if you think about Jesus, Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to remember me by. We put it on our tables up here. Maybe we'd put it on the tombstone for Jesus, but there isn't any, <laughs> and there wouldn't be. But it would say, do this in remembrance of me. So what does he want us to do? Well, he wants us to remember the institution, the, the development, the giving of the Lord's Supper. And the symbols of the Lord's Supper, the fact that his body was broken and his blood was shed for us on the cross. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, really, when we think of Jesus, what we need to remember him by is the action that he did for us dying on the cross. So there's actually four things. I have only three slides, but I'm going to add a fourth one that we need to talk about in terms of remembering Jesus, doing this in the remembrance of Jesus. Number one is to remember Jesus. That might be simple, kind of maybe, duh, remember Jesus, but it doesn't always occur to us that we need to kind of remember who he was, what he did, what he said. So when we come to worship and when we come to take the Lord's Supper, we need to understand that he is the master teacher. For disciples, we go to him to learn through the power of the Holy Spirit how to live our lives. And Jesus precisely came to reconcile us to God, to bring us back to God, and to conquer the power of death so we can have that relationship again. Now, some relationships are very caustic and bad and harmful, but never with Jesus. Jesus is the perfect relationship. He's the one that always helps and guides and directs. He's our refuge. He's the one we turn to. He's the one who helps us in all of our life and our situations. And we need to remember that he is the Messiah, that he is God given to us to bring about and to affect the connection of reconciliation with God for us. Because he conquered sin, and because when we come to him, he forgives sin, he brings us to God. And when we stand, as we all will, before that judgment seat one day, and God says, as he looks down, maybe he'll have glasses or not, I don't know, I down his nose at us and say, okay, who are you? Jesus will say, he's one of ours. She's one of ours. They're part of our family. And God will say, welcome. Because it is Jesus 
who did this for us. So we have to remember him. This is why it's important to remember him every day, to start our day with him, to talk to him through the day, to, to go to bed with him in a way, at night, end our day. It's, it's important to let Jesus be in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we talk about asking Jesus into our lives, we, we sometimes say we ask him into our heart. There was a little, baby, little kid who put his, his um, head up to his mom's heart. And she asked her mother, is Jesus in your heart? And his mother said, yeah. Says, the little, little girl said, yeah, I can hear him percolate. You know, he has to be in our lives. We need to remember him. For people to remember one thing about us. And the most important thing, that one thing that they knew about us, whatever we would put on our tombstone, whatever people would say about us, was that they knew Jesus. They belonged to him. They were a believer. That's the most important thing. Um, not too long ago, we had um, a funeral. And i got to look out here. It's getting a little bit not so good. But this was, these were the flowers set of flowers from Ed Sager's funeral. Well, Ed Sager's funeral wasn't hard to do. It was a celebration to do because Ed knew the Lord and he had gone home to be with his master, with Jesus. And it was a great thing, sad to say goodbye to this earthly body, but a joy to recognize that he's at home with Jesus in heaven. So when we come to the Lord's Supper, when we live, whatever we do, we need to remember Jesus and not forget him. But think upon who he was and what he did. Number two, we need to remember the cross. Jesus is saying here that, that he's, not, he's going to suffer. He says, I wanted to eat this last Passover with you because I'm going to suffer. And I'm not going to be able to participate in the Passover until the kingdom of God comes. But he knew and he told his disciples several, time, several times that the journey that he was taking, the ultimate end of that journey, at least on the earth, would be his death on the cross. So maybe the symbols that we should put on our tombstone is the cross, and not a cross where Jesus is hanging there dead, but a cross that's empty that tells us that Jesus went to the cross for our sins. And he went to the cross to pay the penalty for those sins. His blood, his blood alone, his body, his body alone was the ransom and the payment for the ransom to forgive us of our sins, to win the battle over sin, to bring us into a full relationship with God. And we remember that that's one thing that Jesus did, the most ultimate thing of all, to be willing and obedient to hang on the cross. If you remember in the garden, he said not... You know, Lord, will this, let this pass from me. He meant he didn't want to go to the cross, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus went to the cross willingly for us, basically because he wasn't being pressured by anybody. He wasn't being made to do it. He did it because he loved us. Willingly, caringly, Jesus went to the cross for our sins. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper, it's important to remember that he faced that. He was going to be ready at that moment in his time when he called us to remember him. He knew what was coming. 
and he was facing it willingly for us. So when we ponder Jesus and his character, his nature, we have to also remember his loving and caring kindness, obedience to the Father to be that sacrifice for us. And when we lift up the cup and when we take the bread and we lift up the cup, that symbolizes what, what Jesus experienced on the cross. And so when we remember not only Jesus and his character, we remember that climax, that ultimate point where he hung there and said, you know, it is finished. And he died. And he gave himself for us. So one of the things that we would remember Jesus about is not that he just loved us and he taught us and he lived, but that he died also for us. And we remember the cross. The third thing is to remember the risen Savior. And Jesus said here that in, in, in other places that he would not eat or drink of the fruit of the vine or serve and remember the Passover and have the kind of feast with his disciples until the kingdom had fully come. And Jesus was pointing, I think, as he did tell his disciples earlier, that he knew that the cross was not the end, that the tomb was not the end. That burial was not the end. For him and for believers in him, God would raise them. God would raise him. And he would ascend to heaven to sit at the right hand of God. And he would raise his believers as well. But when we remember Jesus, we, we need to remember that because he's a risen Savior, it, it shows us and it tells us that God, our, our wonderful Father in heaven, fully accepted Jesus' payment on the cross for us. And he fully accepted the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus, as the ransom for us, and he was going to raise Jesus again. So we don't serve a dead man. We, we don't follow a good guy who happened to die. We don't follow just a human. We follow a risen Savior, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And in the Lord's Supper, when we lift up that bread and lift up that cup, we remember that he didn't stay in the tomb three days only. He was there. And the disciples ran to see if it was, you know, to take care of his body, and he was gone. And the miraculous had happened, and the power of God had shown itself, and death had been defeated, and Jesus had risen again to be our Savior and our Lord. And that's a thing we must remember, because it gives us hope. It gives us something to look forward to, to meet him as our risen Savior. If we die and lay this old body down in death, in death we, we have the promise and the hope that God will raise us up to be and meet Jesus when Jesus comes back. But if we're here and Jesus comes back, we'll go to be with him anyway. And that's the fourth point that's not up there. I apologize. It should say, remember 
the returning Savior or the returning Lord. Remember the returning Lord, because as I said, Jesus did say, I won't drink of this cup until I drink it with you in heaven. He said that he would come and re retrieve us and come back. And we have that tremendous hope. Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the, the, the servant of God who died on the cross for our sins, Jesus, the, the Savior who was risen by God, and Jesus, the Lord who's going to return. And he's going to take us to be with him. And all of that is bound up in remembering Jesus as we participate in the Lord's Supper. It's a tremendous image, and it's a really great image. Some people, in thinking about being remembered, are a little bit selfish. And so they want to do things to get remembered by. And some of them do terrible things to get remembered by, and others just do kick the bucket kind of lists to do things by, right? So I think one of our presidents was, was, was the first Bush, like something like 90 years old when he jumped out of an airplane. He was pretty old when he jumped out, right? And maybe we have our bucket list that say, I wanna do this, 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 and this. Death is inevitable. And I wanna do certain things so I can remember life, maybe, or people can remember me. I think one of the things on a bucket list ought to be to get your heart right with God. That should be the first one. Because we never know when we might lose our human lives. And we need to get our heart right with God. We need to come together and, and get it right with God. Jesus died on the cross so that we can get our hearts right with God, so that we can be reconciled to God the Father. And the very first thing we ought to do in remembering what Jesus did, is respond by knowing him as our Lord and Savior. We are all sinners, and we stand in need of God's grace. We come to him and repent of our sins and ask him to forgive us. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and he lives in our lives, in our hearts. And we walk with him and learn from him. And the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can walk together and we can give honor and be a testimony and witness to this kind of savior who is willing and obedient to go to the cross because he loved us. And to our God who is willing to accept Jesus on the cross as payment for our sins. And then we can really remember Jesus in its fullness. And if you don't, you don't have that in your heart, that's the very first thing you need to do. If you know him as your Lord and Savior, of course, we, we sort of say if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't partake of the Lord's Supper because it doesn't do anything. It's just grape juice. Unless like some Baptists do, they leave it in the refrigerator too long. It's still grape juice, sort of. And then these, you know, these little wafers, and I'm not going to be theologically wrong here to, to stand up and say it's just bread. It's nothing fancy it doesn't miraculously change it's just bread whether it's unleavened or not but it's the symbol you see of what we're doing so you need to know christ as your lord and savior then you need to learn to walk with him
But if you don't know him, don't partake of the Lord's Supper because it doesn't do anything. I mean, well, you can find, except maybe you're, you might be making a little bit of fun of the Lord because you're participating in, in that way, maybe. But if you know the Lord as your Savior, then let's take the few moments that we can in pausing and praying and ask the Lord to forgive us when we've forgotten to remember Jesus. When we've gotten so busy in all the other things of life that we forgot to follow him. And then coming to him, let's make this a time when we seriously remember Jesus. And thank God for his life, his character, his love, the cross that he died on, the fact that God raised him again on the third day, and for certain the fact that he is coming again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We thank you, Father, that he was obedient and that you accepted his death and that we can come to you and connect with you and have a fellowship with you, be part of your community, part of your church, part of the believers, the disciples. And as we partake of the Lord's Supper, that we can take a look inside of our own hearts and say, Lord, we know that we're sinners. We continue to sin just because we've come to know Christ doesn't mean that that old battle between the old sin nature and our new nature is always over. And so we, we come and, and confess our sins and ask you to forgive us. And we know that you will indeed cleanse us and make us whole again. And we ask, Father, that as we come this morning, that this will be a very special time, a, a serious time, a very powerful time, where we look inside of our hearts and thank you, Father, for Jesus, trusting and knowing that as our risen Savior, that he's coming again. And we ask, Father, that this will be a very special time of worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Scripture says that Jesus um, took the bread, if you'll take the bread, and he broke it uh, and he gave thanks. And so I'm going to ask Dan Farrell if he'll stand and give thanks for the bread. Jesus took the bread and ate it. Eat ye all of it. Now, if you'll take this little cup here and be careful in pulling it back. Jesus took the cup, it says likewise he took the cup, so we're going to say he prayed for the cup. I'd like to ask Brother Jeff Krogi if he'll stand and pray for the cup.
Jesus took the cup and said, this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink ye all of it. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to partake in the Lord's Supper. We pray that it will be the remembrance that we have of Jesus because he died on the cross, his body was broken, and his blood was shed for our sins. Help us, Father, to look forward to when Jesus returns and to look forward to serving him and helping others to come to know him as their Lord and Savior. We pray that if there's anyone here this morning who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, has not asked him into their heart, that they might come and share with us so that we can help share with them how to know Christ. And help us, Father, also to be deeper and more faithful servants, faithful believers and Christians. And we pray all these things in Jesus' holy and wonderful name. Amen.